0: Just a quick heads up, this show contains sensitive and graphic material that might not be for everyone. If you don't enjoy in-depth true crime, humor about true crime, and drinking, please don't continue. We want to be respectful of the victims in these crimes, but as for the criminal, we just don't give a shit.
1: Welcome to Crimes and Cocktails, a podcast where we explore true crime while drinking a customized cocktail created by us, your bartenders.
0: Hey guys, it's Tabitha. And I'm Katie. Welcome back. Tonight we're doing a single episode case to Sacramento's favorite granny, Dorothea Puente. So Dorothea was a serial killer active in the 1980s and well-remembered in the area still. Um... Uh, a local theater actually did a Dorothea Puenta musical a couple years ago, which is insane. That's super uh, weird. Um, I try to get tickets, but <laughs> they would. sold out really fast. Um, like, I heard about it and then immediately went to get the tickets and they already sold out.
1: Yeah, actually, um, Katie's been wanting to do Dorothea for a while, but we mm-hmm. kind of kept pushing it back because there's just a lot of true crime stuff happening lately and netflix has been banging out with like the true crime documentaries too and we're like oh this is interesting like maybe we can do a deeper dive on this so we're Mm -hmm. finally doing the granny and Mm -hmm. speaking of granny or grammy our cocktail (laughs) for tonight you can thank yours truly for the name the gram
0: reaper (laughs) it's so good i'm so proud of myself (laughs) As soon as Tabitha said it, I was like, yes, it doesn't even matter what it is. Yes, <laughs> that's what
1: it's called. All right. And to make this cocktail, you're going to take one ounce of vodka and you're going to put it in your cocktail shaker with half an ounce of creme de menthe. And you will see why we're using that particular liquor later on. <laughs> and you're going to take a half ounce of creme de cocoa. I always want to say cocoa when I see it. <laughs> I don't know if I see say it cacao. like right I have no yeah, idea. I guess, what it is. Yeah, you can do that too. <laughs> Cocoa, cacao. Cacao! And three-fourth ounce of Frangelico. You're going to add ice and so you're going to shake it up and you're going to pour it in a chilled martini glass and garnish with a pinch of cacao. <laughs> <laughs> Cocoa powder. Cocoa powder. Yeah. Cacao. 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 <laughs> and cheers I am not putting mine in a martini glass because truth be told I don't own a martini glass so I neither do I I, I do
0: have just my pinky your out, presentation though. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's the perfect sweet cocktail for the not so sweet grandma um I just <laughs> so have I sure like, a seen shot the- personally <laughs> <laughs> It's been touches in a week
1: it is day. it is I was just telling Katie so oh, I had a really big fall yesterday <laughs> and uh, that's what I get fucking. for wearing non-slip shoes in a slippery section at work oh, it's pretty bad pretty bad I have like over 13 15 I don't know bruises all over me um yeah your 30
0: sucks. <laughs> Uh, she has a regular, too, who saw it and just was texting. Don't, don't be that yeah, person. Yeah, no one cared. Well, no, my coworker
1: cared. If you're listening, yeah. Brittany cared. <laughs> but, but Simon, Fighting the regular, did not care.
0: <laughs> Simon says I'm a jerk. <laughs> yeah.
1: Simon just stood there with his face shield, not even his legit mask, and just continued texting while I picked myself off the ground. <laughs> Don't be a Simon. And then, after yeah. that, my cat peed on my bed. And then, after that, I got a text that uh, someone in Alabama was trying to use my card to spend $100 at the vitamin shop. So, yep, yep, I'm taking yep. shots.
0: <laughs> don't be a Simon. Don't be a cat that pees on the bed. <laughs> and don't be yeah. that person in Alabama wanting the That vitamin. person in Alabama. <laughs> what?
1: Oh, Were you spending $100... On at the vitamin shop, they tried it twice, and I was like, "They got denied because I'm broke, and there's nothing in my account." (laughs) (laughs) So it's It's like sometimes (laughs) (laughs) can't rob the poor. I'm already broke, right? They're like, but yeah, yeah, my bank, my bank, um, called me, and they're like, "We have some suspicious activity on your card." And at first, I thought it was because I just paid for the Airbnb for my birthday. And so I was like, oh, okay, like yeah, I'm spending like a little bit of money on that. That maybe that's why. But then they're talking about in Alabama, someone tried to use it to buy vitamins or something. And I'm
0: like, like, wait, what? Hmm. Never been down. Yeah,
1: I'm like, and then I was looking at my bank account, and it's like Panda Express, Starbucks, Wingstop, Vitamin Shop. <laughs> that's this why. This is I'm... irregular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, that's not In and Out. No demo be. purchase here. Yeah. Vitamins. Yeah. Out of character. Out of character. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
0: And speaking of alcohol, we can take yeah, a, so a we shot. Don't we gotta take a shot, right? Yep. Oh, uh, we have a new patron, uh, Elise, thank you so much for supporting boop us. Boop. We have a shot to take in your honor. Um, I'm doing a so. shot of vodka. Even though I did say earlier that
1: I would never do a shot of vodka, but it's what I have and I'm gonna chase it with my coffee. <laughs> Dude! I don't want to make another one of these drinks, even though, you know, it's cool and fancy and all. I just, I don't have the patience to make another martini right now, so I'm just going to take a shot of vodka, and I've got my peppermint mocha on the side. <laughs> It'd be like you know, that. You gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta, you gotta do. Time, all right. Cheers, Elise. Thank you so much. You have a t-shirt on the way, and, uh cheers or cacao, <laughs> cacao. <laughs> oh,
0: okay I forgot how much I hate the vodka drink that pepper and mocha <laughs> so you guys can support us oh to okay, um, <laughs> patreon.com slash crimes and cocktails and then you can also find us on instagram which is at crimes and cocktails yes
1: and we have a twitter now um, oh yeah that's right I, I don't forgot. really know how to use my twitter fingers yet but I'm on there Uh, Well, we're on there at Crimes and Cocktails on Twitter, so find us. I basically got it set up so that we could, like, reshare a lot of articles of current true crime news. Yeah. But, you know, we also have some interesting facts and things about our episodes and stuff on there I'll try to tweet out, so
0: give us a follow you see some weird tweets at three in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) That's not me. That's us learning. That was Patricia.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And also, if you uh, don't, if you are broke like me, and you can't even swing a couple bucks towards our way, which is totally fine, you can help us for free by rating us and giving us an awesome review on Apple Podcasts. Someone gave us a one star, and when I find them... <laughs> we will so, have a conversation no i'm just kidding i just want to know what we did so bad okay was it the
0: british accent i know it was terrible i'm so sorry what annoyed me the most is that it was just a one star and they didn't explain themselves like yeah. if they had backed it up i'd have been like okay you got a point we're pretty annoying you got a point we suck
1: <laughs> yeah, okay our, i see i see what you our did our recording it's equipment on.
0: is uh, not even subpar <laughs> I know. but um don't give us a one star, but if you do, give it for a
1: reason. Give us, some, give us an explanation so we know how to improve. That I guess you're right. That's like what bothers me is it's like, yeah. I want us to get better at this and know what we're doing wrong. Yes, I know the 20 minute tangents are sometimes not okay. Um, and sometimes I've been a little bit too drunk on this show. I know. What? <laughs> when I listen back, I'm like, oh, dear God. You know what, guys? Um,
0: we put a warning at the beginning for a reason. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's sometimes sometimes we can hold sometimes our liquor. Sometimes, sometimes it's
0: been a hard day, okay? Sometimes, sometimes we can't. it's been a
1: hard day. But I just <laughs> want to know what it was that he was <laughs> like, you know what? Fuck these guys. One star. <laughs> like, you <laughs> can just. talk about pass blood. By. <laughs> one star. <laughs> it's like when we run an ad <laughs> sometimes on Instagram. And do you remember that one person wrote on there, she's like, they're not even on YouTube. They fucking suck. And I'm like, yeah. What? <laughs> it My was just hour. like. Okay. It was something so weird. Or no, she said I don't like to listen to things. I like to watch things. One star. Oh, that's right. And I was like, yeah. okay, but we're a podcast, so
0: I don't know how to help you there. I mean, if you if you have a way, lady, to get us on TV, like sure, <laughs> let's do it. Like, my mama told me I had a face oh, made for radio,
1: so I don't know. Oh my <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, give us a like. Give us a subscription. uh to my favorite magazine. No, subscribe to us on Spotify mm-hmm. or Apple, Podbean, whatever it is that you're listening to us on. Give us a sub. And if there is a way to review us, um, I'm pretty sure Apple Podcasts is the only one that actually does that right now. We would love your feedback. Yeah. So, Or you can also message us on any of our Twitter, Instagram,
0: Patreon, and you can tell us what we're doing wrong. <laughs> Obviously, we're both talkers, so um, feel free <laughs>
1: I can all also right. be a listener though.
0: <laughs> Whatever you need, just give us the five stars. So.
1: All right, all right. So all let's right. take. Oh, well, you took your shot? Did you take your shot for for uh, Elise already? Oh, yeah, I already did. Oh, did I? I did. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It is that kind of day. Okay. <laughs> it was that long ago. Well, let's. You can take let's another. Take one. another. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually let's take another. Let's talk about Dorothea. How about that?
0: Yes. Okay, let's get into Dorothea. So. Dorothea Helen Gray, as she was born, um, she was born on January 9th, nineteen twenty nine, in Redlands, California, which is in Southern California. Um, she was the sixth of seven children, although she would later claim there was nineteen of them. Um, her parents were both alcoholics and mistreated their children. They were often out of work, doing odd jobs or local share or for local sharecroppers or fruit packing plants. Um, when Dorothea's mother Trudy May was pregnant with Dorothea. She continued to drink heavily and often let her children go unbathed and in dirty diapers. Um, mom of the year. Uh, so both Trudy May and Dorothea's father, Jesse, were also physically abusive to the children. And the kids often went, out, uh, with, went without food, asking neighbors for scraps or wandering the streets alone when Jesse was home from work because he didn't want to be bothered by them. This led to Dorothea and some of her sisters being sexually assaulted at young ages, and sometimes nearby Mexican families would take them in for the night. In 1937, Jessie died from tuberculosis, and Trudy May began sex work to keep their one-room home. A year later, Trudy May was killed in a motorcycle accident while out with one of her clients, and the children were left orphaned. Um, So all seven of the kids were split up, and they were put into different orphanages, orphanages and again Dorothea was sexually assaulted when she turned 10 one of Trudy May's sisters was able to track down all the kids and took them in moving them to Fresno California where Dorothea began to lie about her past she told people she had 18 brothers and sisters and had grown up in Mexico before moving to California and that she actually began to teach herself Spanish so that she could support that lie um later became fluent in it actually so, so real commitment, few, yeah, right? So if you want to learn a new language, just reinvent yourself. <laughs> Say you came from Mexico. We'll Say if people. you
1: like tell a lie enough times that part of you does start to believe it. So oh, like she
0: legit believed her lies.
1: Yeah, and, um, I think she. I think we see that too. Like later on, mm-hmm. um she does that. And I mean, honestly, if I lived in Fresno, I'd lie about a lot of things. Right? Too. I'd be like,
0: yeah, I'm from Mexico. <laughs>
1: just kidding we love fresno i we both graduated from high school in fresno so Mm -hmm.
0: sanger shout out sanger (laughs) what up um so after a few years of living with her aunt siblings and cousins the state stepped in and said there were too many children living in the small house and they removed but were there 19 of them no (laughs) (laughs) definitely not (laughs) Uh, so they got removed and then placed in separate foster homes again um which is so shitty to get out of that foster care life and then just be like nope you're going back we'd rather have you all split up than living in a small house I mean that's um, what they do they often separate you yeah uh, from
1: your siblings in foster care and mm-hmm. usually it is like a space thing you know or like yeah. 20 miles of feet or something mm-hmm. like that so Dorothea moved from foster home to foster home until she turned 16. And then she ran away to Washington, where she began to work as a prostitute. In 1945, one of her clients, World War II soldier Fred McFall, proposed to Dorothea, and she accepted. They moved to Nevada, where Fred was from, and they got married there. Dorothea began spending a lot of money and wanted to live that rich and fancy lifestyle that she now was able to. The marriage did not last long. Dorothea was a slob. She did not clean the house, and after having their first child, she did not care for the baby at all. Um, she gave their daughter to her mother-in-law, and she just started drinking. She became pregnant again and went into labor while Fred was at work. When she was taken to the hospital, uh, she had the baby, and she gave it up for adoption. When Fred found out what she had done, he filed for divorce, which, yeah... I think I would, too. Uh, same, same Fred. Fucking yeah. Sasha And Dorothy took most of the money, and she went out to L.A. where she told people she was a widow, which I just... God, this poor guy. She, yeah.
0: she made up, like, a huge story that she would tell people, uh, how Fred had died in World War II, and that, like, a hero, and then people would feel bad for her, they're like, oh my gosh, your husband gave his life for the country, and now you're all alone, and She would just milk it. That's
1: disgusting. Mm -hmm. She began sex work again, and she also started stealing and robbing all the Johns and writing bad checks. Um, Yet their names were actually all John. Just kidding. That was a bad joke. Um, In 1949, (laughs) she was arrested and went to prison for four months and continued on as before until she got pregnant again. And then she moved to San Francisco, gave the baby up for adoption, and
0: was on the hunt for another man. She met Axel Johannesson in San Francisco and told him the same lies as Fred, saying she was from Mexico, she was a widow, and then now she was working as a chef in a seafood restaurant and was friends with the actress Rita Hayworth and had small bits in movies. Axel was like a, a seaman, and while he was out at sea, <laughs> weren't we all once? <laughs> I'm just I was like he was <laughs> right. <laughs> this is terrible. This has oh got to be God. like the worst jokes we've ever made. <laughs> I know. So, um, while he was gone, Dorothea would drink. She would bring other men home and then leave the house a mess. And when he got home, he would be upset that the house was a mess and then you know beat her because. That's what you do. Because that's what you do. So, when you said that, was like, you know, oh beat her. Is that what you do to Taylor when you come home? I know. the place is clean. When I said he beats her, and then the way I'm like, oh, I said that really nonchalantly <laughs> <laughs> No, that is not uh, what you Taylor, do. Taylor, are you okay? <laughs> Reach Don't out talk to him. me. <laughs> He's not all allowed to talk without my. No, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Taylor. Wink. Uh, Blink twice and be broken. He does not get beat um uh-huh. anyway. and um anyway so he would he would keep beating her until she would cook and clean and um <laughs> i don't know how to say it say that. <laughs> i don't know how to say it um he was awful to her um as awful as she is later but- okay so she told neighbors at this point that she was a holistic doctor and then she would treat them by prescribing them medicine that she managed to get a hold of and then she began telling her husband that she had trained as a doctor as a child in mexico <laughs> um, she's like doogie hauser <laughs> what that movie's called yeah <laughs> i don't, I don't know that one. so um he realized that she was lying at this point but he's also noticed that she believed this and he was like she's never told me this before until she started giving people (laughs) medication so in 1961 he had her committed um they took her narcissism lack of empathy and lying as, as signs of schizophrenia um and then we're going to actually uh sterilize her in a eugenics program but um axel heard about this and then pulled her out and then she got home as soon as Axel went out to sea, she took all of the money and then moved to Sacramento, um, which is where most of our story is going to take place. Dun, dun. Um, yeah, <laughs> where I'm at. <laughs> so um, in Sacramento, she started a brothel on Fulton Avenue, which was at the time a, ni- a nice place. Um, if you live in Sacramento, you know Fulton now is not a nice place. <laughs> so when I read this, I was like, uh, okay, um, I'll believe it but um she was arrested and then back in prison not long after starting that business and um, but only for 90 days and when she got out she became employed as a nurse's aide and would go to the homes of elderly people who needed care and would cook for them and then herself um, which was not allowed take their alcohol which is obviously not allowed either um, and then also steal their medication and cash and to gain sympathy, she would tell everyone she had breast cancer, tumors, etc. She just got like one lie after yeah. another. Yeah. And then obviously a stealing problem. Yeah. So she would take the stolen medications and then start drugging her patients, mixing extra doses into their food so they wouldn't notice her stealing. So she wanted to get them disoriented and so that she could steal. And so this is when she starts drugging people. Um... And then, or she would, like, get them drugged up enough so they'd fall asleep, and then she would leave for the day, do whatever she wanted, and then come back and be like, oh, yeah, I've been here this entire time watching them. Um, And then her first steps into murder began here, actually, because she most likely caused several patients to overdose, but their autopsies only showed their their medications in the system, so she was able to get away with it.
1: So at this point, Dorothea had skimmed off enough money from her patients to have a little bit of extra cha-ching in her chain there. So she quit her job as a nurse's aide and she started renting a house on 21st and F Street that she turned into the site of her first confirmed murder. Dorothea was 40 years old when she began the boarding house in 1966 and she had married again, this time to 20-year-old Roberto Puente, a Mexican immigrant. So she's being a little sugar mama, I guess, over here. Been... Kind of. I don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, She provided for him, and he worked as a handyman for the boarding house. Dorothea took in disabled, homeless, and elderly people in her 24-room boarding home. By the way, this is, like, when I say 24 bedrooms, it's not, like, this crazy elaborate mansion. Like, I was reading about the description of, like, the houses, and it'd be just, like, a bunch of beds, like, in the basement, or, like, sheets dividing... Rooms and stuff like that, so it wasn't like...
0: Yeah, it wasn't like some legit...
1: Like the Taj Mahal or something like yeah. yeah. So, a lot of overwhelmed social workers would check in, and they would see that the place was clean, and the people were fed, and they were thankful for her work, and she continued to take money just as she had from her previous patients when she was a nurse's aide. She began slowly to climb the social ladder donating money to the city and attending charity dinners the likes of ronald reagan and clint eastwood
0: one second on that so i was just reading before this an article in the sacramento bee about her before she was caught and it was saying during this time they called her dr dorothea Puente, and they were saying that she had been the most to donate for a certain charity or something like that, it was oh, two thousand dollars, and I was just like, so she was selling herself as a doctor still. Um, <laughs> at this point, I
1: think she <laughs> actually even had a picture of herself with Ronald Reagan. I'm gonna have to look this up. I want—I know as a politician. I want to say it was Ronald Reagan.
0: Yeah, it could be it could wrong, have
1: been. but she had a picture of herself uh, with him, and I and I remember reading that she was really proud of it, and she would she hung mm-hmm. it up like on her. Fireplace area in her house, and would show everyone. She hang out with the big shots over there. Yeah. So um, some residents realized what she was doing, and they started to report her because she was you know taking money from her residents. At this point, Dorothea was well respected and connected to people high up in the community, and because she took in the homeless, and elderly, and mentally disabled, the police believed Dorothea over these reports. Roberto eventually left her for a younger woman. Uh, Makes sense to me, buddy. You're like 20 years younger. And Dorothea began to go out to the bars, meeting men much older than her and stealing from them. She would get them drunk and drug them. And then she would go to places like the Zebra Club. Don't go there ever. (laughs) If
0: you live in Sacramento, it's shady as hell. It's like this little dive bar. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. A couple of times. Um, okay so you keep going yeah.
1: back
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's just something about it no um it's a little dive bar they have cheap drinks so it makes it popular like with college students but it's also really popular with the creeps like there's so many reports of people getting roofied there it's insane just don't go that's just like every college bar though it's like panama joe's in long beach right yeah <laughs> it's like yeah but this place is also just like dirty so <laughs> my <go>. favorite <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: So she would meet guys at these bars and put a little something in their drink and they'd be super drunk or, you know, drugged up. And she would make sure they got back to their house and then she'd get them even a little bit more drugged up and put them on the couch.
0: And then she would rob them, rob their house. Oh, in 1982 police were getting more and more complaints about from people who were getting robbed by dorothea and since she was now also robbing men in the community and not just people at her boarding home they began to gather evidence on this um somehow dorothea caught wind of this i think she had a connection somewhere in the police department and then um she realized she needed another way to make money so she went into a side catering business with a woman named ruth monroe Ruth's husband was dying of cancer in the hospital, and so she had to sell. I just, sell.
1: I like how she went from like doctor to boarding house to catering. It's just yeah.
0: So she still had the boarding home, but so she many was like trades. catering on the side. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Ruth's husband, since um, he was he was sick in the hospital, they didn't have a lot of money. It had been a long term illness, so she had to sell the family home and to keep providing for his care, so he could keep his bed at a hospital. So Dorothea was just like, "Oh, you can move in here," and Ruth was just like, "Oh, that's so nice," and moved in with her. Um, and as soon as she moved in there, her health started to take a turn for the worse. Um, and she wrote to her son, said he wasn't she wasn't feeling well, and he was like, "Who's this Dorothea lady she moved in with?" And he came over to visit her. Um, when he got there, he saw his mom was just drinking some creme de menthe. Um, ding ding. Yes, <laughs> like us that she seemed tired but he assumed that she was getting proper care since Dorothea had been a nurse. Um, He was definitely wrong because Ruth was dead by April of 1982. Um, And then the business accounts that she had started with Dorothea were emptied into Dorothea's account. So all the money that Ruth had got from selling the family home to take care of her husband got transferred into Dorothea's accounts, um, which is obviously shitty for many reasons. But um, her death was investigated and ruled a suicide. However, Ruth's son didn't let his mother's death go and kept trying to get police to investigate it more and saying that his mom wouldn't commit suicide. Um, And then when Dorothea tried to leave for Mexico, she was arrested and placed in jail. But they thought that it wasn't just, you know, a straight up murder that maybe it had been accidental or something like that. And um, yeah. Yeah. So she wasn't, it wasn't there like for arsenic
1: long. in her drink or anything like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, they were like saying, okay, like she lost her farm, she lost her husband, like it could mm-hmm. be a suicide. So they couldn't really prove that Dorothea did it, but they also couldn't prove that Ruth didn't do it. So, yeah.
0: yeah. So um, once Dorothea was in prison, she started a pen pal relationship with whatever, Everson Gilmouth who fell in love with her through the letters and then picked her up when she was released only three years later um, on parole. So if you're single, just go to jail and get yourself a little pen pal.
1: (laughs) Honestly, though. You'll have
0: a... Everson
1: Gilmouth for there's you There's so afterwards. many freaking wackos out there. Like we were talking about in our last episode with Peter Sutcliffe and all the pen pals like writing to oh, yeah. him like wanting it to be with Oh yeah, it goes both him. ways.
0: It's not just the women who are crazy writing to these murderers. It's, it's There's always, men too. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so weird. Just don't contact people in prison.
1: <laughs> um, she started a new boarding house in 1985 on the same street as the old one with Everson and they planned on getting married. He set up a joint account for the two of them, mistake number one, and he transferred his pension to the shared account, mistake number two, and before they married, Dorothea drugged him like she had with Ruth and wrapped him up in sheets, sewing them shut, and then wrapped him in plastic. Mistake number three. Don't don't allow yourself, when you're dead, to be wrapped in plastic. (laughs) Yep, sewed up. The time it must have taken her to, like, sew it up to, like, I don't oh, no, know. she's probably,
0: like, there by hand.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, like, she's, it it's like she thread him through a sewing machine. I know. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, she hired handyman Ismail Flores, who was an ex-convict and was trying to turn his life around, and she asked him to build a six-foot wooden box for storage. Basically a coffin. <laughs> this um, poor guy.
0: <laughs> he's, he's like trying to turn his life around
1: he's like building a
0: coffin. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, uh, can you like make this wooden box for me that only opens on the top and it's six feet long and two feet <laughs> two feet tall? He's all like a coffin. No, 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 no. A storage box. <laughs> yeah. <A> storage box. <laughs> I just have a lot of things that need to go long ways. <laughs> Does not make sense. So he made this box, and then she asked him if he would transport it with her to storage. But then halfway there, decided that she didn't want him and had him drag it out of the car and into the American River, which is where I like to go and get drunk on rafts every summer. How great is that? (laughs) There are
0: so many bodies in the American River. Stop, stop. So many bodies in the American River are... um, I won't name names, but a girl we went to high school with who's now a cop told me when I moved over here, she like, don't go in the water. <laughs> like, don't tell me that. Don't
1: tell me that. I'm still going to float on my raft. Yeah. Although I did know that there was a major water pollution problem like the last year because so many homeless people oh, are camped along the side and they're just shitting into the river.
0: Oh, yeah. The water is like highly toxic.
1: So great. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. that might have been my last time in the river. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so if you want but to that's find why
1: a I drink Coors Seltzer because they're helping restore the American <laughs> River. Yeah,
0: okay. And if
1: you wanna plug us up coors, I'm totally down with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll drink coors every episode.
1: That's I'll drink good. a coors. Yeah. Coors <laughs> seltzer.
0: <laughs> so to look avoid, for the blue mountains. Look for the Sorry. blue mountains.
1: <laughs> with the blue waves. I don't know. It's like the white claw, but it's like the coors light version. Yeah. It's actually yeah. pretty good them and you're you're helping the water of america by doing it
0: i haven't tried it yet but i will if they sponsor us so there's my there's my they're sponsoring
1: water and so by you drinking their beer you're helping restore the water you yourself
0: yeah that's how i look at it (laughs) they have a lot of money so they can they can help without me
1: to avoid suspicion, Dorothea wrote to Everson's adult children pretending to be him and she started to convince them that he was sick and so he couldn't visit, but he was being taken care of by Dorothea. That is so fucking crazy. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, pretty crazy. Everson's body was eventually found by a fisherman in 1986, but he was so deteriorated from being wrapped in the plastic and in the water and that hot Sacramento sun that he was determined to be a John Doe. Everson had also not been reported missing since Dorothea was still pretending to be him and his pension checks kept coming in to their shared account. So there was no need to really, I guess, ID him. Dorothea continued to take on boarders for her boarding house and she would collect their mail, take all their money for room, board, and food, and give them an allowance. She would report the alcoholics on probation for coming back from the bars and they would be picked up for 30 days in jail and she would rent out their rooms to get more checks. And she just kept continuing the cycle over and over again.
0: Yeah, her goal was to just get more and more people's checks sent to her address. It's like, Um, and I don't even know what she's doing with this money. Like, she still just liked living the fancy lifestyle, so she would just buy herself a whole bunch of stuff, or just hoard it, and like, you know, go to fancy dinners, and whatever. Yeah, I guess.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. I'm Um, about that life, too, sometimes. (laughs) When that tax season comes. (laughs) Yes. I'm I'm just a tax season baller. Not this year, though, because I was on unemployment (laughs) all last year.
0: (laughs) So, um, the bar that I worked at before still has not sent me a W2, so I'm
1: just like, I'm <laughs> not um, surprised
0: are ever going to send that, or are you going to continue being shady or what's going on? So, um, we'll see what happens there. Gosh. Uh, I want my money. Um, so her next two victims were Dorothy Miller and Benjamin Fink, two elderly recovering alcoholics. Dorothy had... Been prescribed, um, Dorothy, not D- Dorothea, had been described heavy sleeping pills for night terrors. And so Dorothea gave her an overdose of them mixed with alcohol. With Benjamin, she forced him to overdose through his food since he was committed to recovery. Um, so she just, you know, ground it up, mixed it in his mashed potatoes, and was all oh, here you go. Um, both Dorothy and Benjamin were These are the
1: still- best mashed potatoes. <laughs> I
0: know. His <laughs> face <Right? laughs> <sighs> just falls into it. <laughs> so- Oh my gosh, poor guy. Uh, Both Dorothy and Benjamin were sewn up in their sheets, wrapped in plastic, just like Everson, and then she hired a local homeless man named Chief who was an alcoholic and ex-convict who hated police, so she wasn't worried that he would start talking or something. Um, He assisted Dorothea with the bodies and buried them down in the garden, covering them with fertilizer to cover up the smell. Uh, So not all of Dorothea's residents were alcoholics, ex-convicts, or drug addicts, um, the city were also, would also send her people who were really sick, um, but also too poor to receive proper care. Um, so they would arrange for them to be cared for Dorothea um, since she was cheaper than a hospital bed and had this grand history of being a nurse's aide doctor, seafood chef, caterer, whatever <laughs> Whatever she wanted to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So one of these people who was um, just somebody who was ill was 77-year-old Betty Palmer, who found out Dorothea was stealing her money and then reported her to the police. Dorothea lured Betty up to her apartment above the boarding house and told her she wanted to apologize for taking her money and, you know, have a drink with her. So, uh, but of course, once Betty got up there, Dorothea drugged the drinks and then she and Chief dismembered her body and then buried it in the garden with the others. Gosh. <laughs> So oh, there's, chief, a part, man. What you doing, there's a chief? part in I know. There's a part in Aladdin too where like Aladdin's in some like dream or something. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen it. And he turns like, where the rug like rolls up around him. No, I'm talking about like yeah, you'll see been. it like from the back, it looks like a granny walking rocking on a um rocking chair. And then he goes to like turn the granny around and then it turns into Jafar and he's all granny's gonna get ya. In the entire oh time, the entire, I was so scared of that part as a kid. And the Is entire time I was writing this, I kept thinking about it.
1: Return of Jafar?
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: I was like, I yeah. do not remember that in the original Aladdin. No, no, no. It
0: was Return of Jafar. And he's all, Granny's going to get you. And, he, and the granny face turns into Jafar. <laughs> it scared oh, me so bad as a kid. And this entire time, I just kept thinking of that because I'm like, creepy ass grandma killing people (laughs) another
1: sick elderly victim was 77 year old leona carpenter who was suffering from cancer and had just had brain surgery once dorothea was sure nobody would be checking on her she killed her with her own medication to cause an overdose and she buried her in the garden leona was soon followed by 62 year old james Gallup, who proved problematic because he was very forceful about wanting to have control over his own money I mean, um, makes sense to me, same, (laughs) and insisted on taking and keeping track of his own medication. Smart guy. He was also not drawn by Dorothea's faux-friendly temperament and didn't have any interest in befriending her. Eventually, Dorothea was able to crush up enough sleeping pills and drug his food during one of the household dinners, and after the other residents left the dining room... Chief carried him up to Dorothea's apartments, and he was wrapped up like the others and buried in the garden. Come on, Chief. Now that Chief had helped Dorothea with several murders, he had to know what was coming. She had to cover her tracks. This is what happens. You don't get involved with a murderer, man. He was a Granny's heavy drinker. Gonna get <laughs> Granny's gonna get ya. gonna get And she was worried that he would start talking eventually. So just like she had done with her other victims before him, she invited Chief up to her apartment, gave him some alcohol and dosed him with drugs and managed to get his body out into the garden where she buried him before pouring concrete over him and some of the other bodies too. She would then tell anybody that came across that she was just a poor old woman who had been stolen from by Chief and he had run away with her money. Her first murder after chief was Vera Martin in 1987, who she just killed the same day that Vera arrived. She's like, not even going <laughs> to take some time with this one. She saw this one looked at me weird. She's out. Also, <laughs> oh we do have to say, so one thing about Dorothea, I don't know if we mentioned this. Dorothea is 50, she's in her early 50s here. Yeah. And she made herself look like, cause as we told you before, she, so one of the things that she used to do, um, like when she was in Nevada and she was married to Fred is she would like to do a lot of these elaborate disguises and dress up and kind of transform herself, which was kind of one of the things that Fred actually liked about her. And I'm sure you saw the picture he posted on her social media about her. And she looks like this really old woman in there. She's actually only like in her early fifties But she was, she had made herself look like she was older by dressing a certain way, having a certain haircut, big glasses, and she would try to pass for like a 70s, late 60s older lady. So no one's really suspecting this little old woman who's gardening at midnight or taking care of the sick and the elderly, um... To be doing anything like this
0: she was also an alcoholic which helped her look older (laughs) like she lived a rough life so
1: guys can't um, party that
0: hard yeah
1: i get Um, carded all the time and i did i I just drank i didn't do any drugs or anything like that but there's been when i would bartend and people would like give me their ids some people i'd just be like oh you're good but then they'd be like, "Oh no, let me here's my ID." And I'm like, "Okay." And I check it, and they'd be like, "Way younger than me." But I'm like, "How do yeah, you look forty?" That i to like, me
0: all the time. And I was what like, "Drugs? Did no you do?"
1: Way. Cocaine. <laughs> like, okay. It's a hell of a drug.
0: Yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> so after um, the murders of Chief and Vera, Dorothea took in Alvaro Montoya, who was known as Bert. He was a schizophrenic and developmentally disabled man. Who was homeless and mostly spoke spanish making it hard for him to get help on the streets a woman named judy moise um that Moisa? is like I just know. i don't like that name judy. Judy <laughs> it makes me <Moist>.
1: uncomfortable
0: <laughs> moist moist mm, so moist
1: exactly you know exactly yeah <laughs> jennifer Want coolidge <laughs> What I think of. Oh,
0: oh. Wanna cookie?
1: In um, what oh, that movie? the movie Cinderella, Cinderella Story.
0: Story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm, so moist. Something stinks and it's not the fish. Yeah. <laughs> I need more salmon. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, Judy had worked with the homeless population in Sacramento and she found Alvaro and she found out that he just needed help. Um, and she took him. To Dorothea's where he seemed to excel, learning more English, was clean in his fresh clothes, and would communicate freely with Dorothea in Spanish. And he called her um Dorothea Mama.
1: Yeah, they actually um, like kind of had like a little friendship here. Don't do that. <laughs> God, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um they actually like yeah, built no, like a little friendship did. here. Yeah. Like Dorothea actually like took to him mm-hmm. and was like taking care of him and cleaning him up and he was he was doing a lot better and stuff like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, uh, so, but then one day, Dorothea took him to the bank and had his disability transferred under her name, claiming to be his cousin, and then began drugging him, um, even though she liked him, she still, she wanted the, the money more. The yeah. mama wanted the money. Yeah, yeah, Um, <laughs> uh, so at a doctor's appointment, uh, shortly after this, he told a nurse that mama was giving him medicine he didn't <laughs> You like. tried so
1: hard to not say it,
0: huh? There's, there's a horror movie. Mama. Is it called, is it called Mama? Her. Yeah, it's called Mama. It's called Mama. Yeah.
1: yeah. And we went to go see that, and it's stupid. But yeah. I just remember the whole time, we just kept saying that, Mama. It's like a... I think it's a ghost... That's a mom that lost her baby, and she tries to, like, steal other people's children so that she can have a baby, and I think a child eventually does go with her. I don't know. It's one of those weird things. I think so. I I haven't seen it since it was in theaters.
0: Honestly, though, I would see any movie at this point, because I miss the movies so freaking bad. My bar is so low for what's a good movie right now. (laughs) (laughs) I would see literally anything. I
1: would watch... (laughs) What is the worst movie I would watch? I would I watch know. episode one of Star Wars. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like episode one, but I would watch anything just to sit in those comfy, not so comfy chairs that you have. Know, my feet stick to the floor. Like I miss yes, it. <laughs> I miss the gooey, delicious popcorn dripping with yeah. butter. Yeah, the extra large coke, the jalapenos <laughs> and Tabasco on my popcorn. Yes, so good. Oh, so good.
0: One Anyways. day, one day we'll be back. <laughs> one day. Mama. Oh, uh, so, <laughs> so... He said that Mama was giving him medicine he didn't like, and then the nurse questioned Dorothea, and she became angry. So instead of the nurse noticing, like, hey, this is weird that she's becoming angry and defensive, the nurse actually told Alvaro that he should apologize for saying that and, uh, about Dorothea and to go home with her. I kind of so. imagine it like a kid? Like... Like, the nurse would
1: like, that's not very nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the nurse was just, like, apologize <laughs> to Miss Dorothea. Meanwhile,
1: Dorothea's in the corner. Her eyes are, like, suddenly turned black. And <laughs> she's just beaming,
0: <laughs> staring at him. I know. She's all, come to mama. Unscrewing the poison <laughs> out of her purse. <laughs> I, know.
1: I know. Seriously. Her, would you like a lollipop, brother? Her, her all shaken there? with pills.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Um... So Alvaro did unfortunately go back with Dorothea, and when they arrived at the boarding house, Dorothea immediately began giving him sleeping pills, and she killed him that night. Surprise,
1: surprise. In,
0: right? Burying him in a hole that he had actually dug himself, and then, um, <laughs> yeah, like earlier in the day or the day before or whatever, and then covered it with a peach tree, and some residents in the boarding house like helped her like plant the peach tree and didn't know that he was under there. So she told everyone that Alvaro's sister had taken him away and then, like, would cry about it and be like, oh, I miss my boy. Um, And so when Judy came looking for Alvaro, the woman who had put him in Dorothea's care to begin with, just a few days after his murder, uh, which was in October of 1988, Dorothea told her that he was sick in bed and couldn't see anybody. Judy was suspicious and called his social worker a woman named Petty Petty. (laughs) (laughs) petty (laughs) petty Nickerson Peggy Peggy Nickerson they all got (laughs) like
1: those old like 1950s I know Dorothea
0: Judy Peggy yeah yeah um so Peggy called Dorothea to follow up and was told the same thing that Alvaro was sick uh, she told Dorothea that Ol- Olvero should be in a hospital after several calls. To- but when she told Dorothea that, Dorothea told Peggy and Judy that Olvaro had actually recovered and then left with his sister for a, a vacation. But he would be back. So Peggy stayed on top of it, um, which is amazing. Cause I know. We all know how much work social workers have. Um, they don't She made work. regular calls. <laughs> right. <laughs> they just get paid
1: hell of money, but they don't work.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> Rachel, we know you're listening. We know you do a totally lot of work. <laughs> yeah, <so laughs> Peggy Why did regular... you work
1: for once in your life, huh? <laughs> <I know. laughs> Instead of posting funny tweets. <laughs> oh,
0: my gosh. Your dad jokes every Friday. I love them. I love them. <laughs> so, Peggy would make regular calls to ask Dorothea about Alvaro. And Dorothea told her that Alvaro had decided to stay with his family. Peggy asked for her um, for his family's contact information to follow up. And Dorothea was like, I'm not giving you that information. (laughs) I'm not going to give out uh, like numbers to a stranger (laughs) or whatever. So (laughs) um, Dorothea hired a man to pretend to be Alvaro's brother-in-law. And when he slipped up by calling Alvaro Bert, which was his nickname from Sacramento and a name that his family did not use, Peggy was suspicious and called the police.
1: You go, Peggy Sue, or Peggy... Peggy Nickerson. Peggy Nickerson, you go. (laughs) I just want to say Peggy Sue, because that sounds way better. Um, On November 11th, 1988, the Sacramento police came to look for Bert at Dorothea's house. They noticed some freshly disturbed dirt in the yard and began to inspect. They asked Dorothea if they could take a look, and she's just very nonchalant about it, like, Yeah, sure. Go ahead, whatever I can do to help. Um, so they go and they kind of poke around and they didn't even like shovel or anything. they just kind of like digging a little bit and they come across a very oddly shaped tree branch and when they lift it up, it's not a tree branch, it's a body part. Just a very, very badly decomposed body part and they're like, oh, look, we're gonna need a bigger shovel. So... They find the skeleton limb and they look over at Dorothea, and she's like, oh, giant gasp, like her hand covering her mouth, like, oh my word. Just How'd picture that their get giant there? big 80s glasses. <laughs> what? So Uh-oh. they bring her in for an interview. At this point, they don't really, like, they're not assuming that Dorothea killed anyone because she's this little sweet old lady. But. They are kind of like, okay, something fishy's is going on here. And it's not the salmon. No, but they are thinking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> something stinks and it's not the fish. <laughs> Something's going on.
1: And they think that Dorothea knows something and she's not saying something. So they're trying to figure out where Bert is. Um, they don't think that this body part is Bert's because it's just so decomposed that they're like, no, this doesn't make sense. Um, She holds to her story that Bert is still off on vacation in Mexico. She even, during the interview, asks the police to put a trace or a tap on her phone so the police can record when Bert calls back to check in. She keeps trying to, like, out-bluff them through the whole interview. I'm actually going to play this one part of the interview um, where she does a little bit of that. So let me go ahead and play that. There's one or two things I can surmise. That is, Mr. Montoya is dead. No, he's not. Okay. We'll miss that. I'm just saying, let me just I'm trying to surmise this and then we'll try to clear this up. That he is dead. And that either he, either either John McCauley, or or Mer, was it, Melvin? Mervyn. Mervyn. John either killed him.
0: Or that maybe he meant foul play by your hand. That's, that's, that's my alternatives. I don't know. But my other alternative is that the fact that somewhere in that backyard, Dorothea, uh, that he's lying. Maybe along with other people. No.
1: Okay. And I'm also going to tell you that we had this same information
0: a year ago. A year a ago? A year ago. Yes. A year ago. So what I'm telling you is not new to me. Monday, can I hire a a contractor to go in and tear everything down and dig it up to prove to you that there's nobody there?
1: If if any digging has to be done, we're gonna do the digging. Okay. Okay. What I'm trying to do
0: is Duh. Duh, they're gonna do the digging. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just real quick, the John Macaulay they're talking about in that clip is the guy that she hired to pose as Bert earlier on the phone. Like, she's just,
1: she's trying to out-bluff them. Like, well, why don't you trace my phone? Or why don't I just dig it up and prove to you? Like, I don't know. It's just, (laughs) I feel like she's just trying to, she's lied her whole life. That's what she knows how to do. So, yeah. And I think they're trying to, like, goat her right here, like, by, oh, well, if, if they didn't do it, then maybe you did it. Like, I don't think that they mm-hmm. actually think she did it. I think that they're just trying to scare, like, use a scare tactic to get her yeah. to, like, say, okay, yeah,
0: John did it or something like that. Mm-hmm. He did it. He did it. <laughs> <laughs> so, after the interview, they started bringing in teams and the heavy-duty digging tools, etc. She was there while they are digging, but she's not arrested. They started finding bodies left and right. So I just want to interrupt you real quick. Um, We forgot to mention earlier
1: with one of her previous victims, it was Betty, and how we said that she dismembered Betty with Chief. Mm -hmm. She actually decapitated, um, like she took off her head and Betty's hands um, before burying it. And they actually never found Betty's head or hands. Like, we don't know where they went. She never found him. But she had cut him off because she didn't want Betty to be identified. And she buried it in the front yard. And I was watching one of these documentaries, and one of the reporters there was like, I couldn't get over that we found this, like, torso of a body buried in the front yard of this, like, supposed sweet little lady's house Mm -hmm. right next to, I think it was, like, a, a statue of the Mother Mary. Um, it was St. Right uh, no, Francis C That's what it was, yeah, St. Yeah. Francis, yeah. I was like, oh, that's so creepy. But yeah, the old lady
0: decapitating people, jeez. I know. So they're finding bodies, you know, all over place, and just before they're about to dig up dear old Bertie, Dorothea, knowing that they're about to find him, asked to go grab a coffee at the hotel across the street. She, like, like yeah, sure. Simpson, Homer Simpson's out of there into the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> Backs out real quick. So they dig up Burt and then the sheriff's like, Okay, where's Dorothea? Dorothea had flew the coop. She had fled to LA. She was not getting coffee. She was yeah. on her way to LA.
1: Cause the weird it's so weird because you have to remember, t- this is in the eighties. They don't have a whole lot of info on serial killers and stuff like yeah. that. And they just think there's no way this is like, capable old woman. of all this stuff. And she's not she is kind of a suspect, but not really and mm-hmm. I was, um, watch the same document I was watching. They had the detective that was there on the case talking about it. And he's like, yeah, I actually made a joke to Dorothea like two seconds before we dug up mm-hmm. Purdy. And she was just like, I'm going to go grab a coffee real fast. And everyone's like, okay, yeah, sure, sure. No problem. And everyone's just talking to her. And she goes and she had been so helpful this whole time that they're digging stuff up in her yard. Mm-hmm. Which is not how someone would react Who's guilty of all these things, so. Yeah,
0: yeah. She's just like, oh, how'd all these bodies get there? What
1: the hell? Yeah.
0: (laughs) So at this point, the police. Messing up my peach tree. (laughs) I know. Don't touch my peaches. Oh, so at this point, the police and media release her image all over the news, TV and newspapers. Um, The killer landlady or landlady wanted with connection to murders and her face is plastered all over the place. Pretty much as soon as she goes to L.A., she goes to a bar and tries to hit on an elderly pensioner there. She's just like, let's start over here. On to the next one. Yeah. He um, he recognizes her, though, from the media and calls the police from the bar. And she was arrested and brought back to Sacramento.
1: Yeah, it was like a statewide search in mm-hmm. California for her. So this case had received had received so much publicity. Um also, when she was arrested, I think she tried to say that she was 77, um, but during her interview she said she was like 69 or something like that, and she was, like we said, in her early 50s. So crazy to me. <laughs> well, she does look like she's in her 70s though when they arrest her. Like, I could totally see that. Um, like, what's that alcohol? Hell of a drug. Anyways. This was such a crazy case that they had to move it to a different county so they could find, like, non-biased jurors. So where did they move it to? Monterey County. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's our home county, y'all. Don't come and murder me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know, I'm i I'm in
1: Sacramento. <laughs> Don't come for me. <laughs> Don't come for me. Um, but, yeah, Monterey County. I actually was trying to find some photos of dorothea and i stumbled across the californian newspaper which is like a local newspaper monterey county mm-hmm. and they had uh her on the front cover for like when the case was starting i think it was in yeah. 1993
0: the that case was out.
1: starting so they uh had that on their like killer landlady <laughs> and then right next to it, it was talking about like uh fighting over creek bridge and right below is like runs for supervisor and i'm like Small town news. <laughs> yeah. Creek um, <laughs> yeah. Creek Bridge. Yeah. Uh, Creek Bridge. Interesting. So the jury had an actually, they had a hard time convicting her of all these murders. She was charged with nine murders. This trial was about a year long with 153 witnesses, 3,500 exhibits. She- my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a lot. But... The thing about it was, is because these bodies, the, bo- the way the bodies were found, and like we said, she would often use their own medicine to overdose them. So there wasn't really, like, a great trail of evidence, hard evidence, I should say, that she actually murdered them. Um, she was definitely guilty of burying them and collecting their checks, but it was hard to prove that she actually murdered all nine of these victims, So a lot of jurors just thought, okay, she probably murdered three of them, but these other ones, she just, when they died of natural causes, she just buried them and kept collecting their checks. So after 24 days of deliberation, the jury could not come to a verdict. They convicted her on three murders, but they could not agree on the other six. The jury was actually deadlocked 11 to one for over a week. So the judge considered it a mistrial. Like I said, I was thinking, like, how could they not see that she did this? Like, I was just trying to think, like, how? And like I was saying earlier, like, this is, the, so this, the trials in the early 90s. This case happened in the late 80s. We didn't really learn about what serial killers were until the late 70s. Yeah. And at this time, fe- well, females were and still are kind of semi-rare for serial killing.
0: I actually read a statistic today that said that 90% of all murders are done by men. So that's still, still yeah, today. still. It's, they're still so, rare. It's rare.
1: But the thing that they weren't willing to accept at this time is that women would kill for money. Like, they assumed that female murderers would always do a crime of passion, which if you guys remember Judy Buena, Ano, that was clearly for financial gain. Um, yeah. I think I'd kill for financially. No, just kidding. But (laughs) I just, I I do find it kind of funny that they're like, no, no, a woman would never kill for money. And I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? (laughs) I like nice things. I like nice things. (laughs) I can't afford them, but I like them. (laughs) Yeah. So they just didn't think like the money was a good motive or a good enough motive, plus her age and her appearance, there's like this little old granny sitting in court Um, people just, you know, they had a hard time seeing it, I guess you could say. We kind of saw the same thing with the Golden State Killer last year, actually, because he was like this, well, we know that when he was arrested, yeah, he was putting on a front. He wasn't really, I mean, he was an old man, but he wasn't this feeble old, what old man? Mm -hmm. Um, like, yeah, he knew what was going on, um. I remember. I think I sent you like a video on Instagram where someone was like, "Does this old man even know what's going on? He probably didn't do anything." And I'm like, "You idiot!" <laughs>
0: <laughs> just because they're like people who kill people get old. That's just they a matter get old. of life. It they happens. still did it, and they still know what they were doing. Yeah. Well, the DNA does not a, past just not you're lie. a grandpa <laughs> or a grandma.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, she still got convicted, like I said, of three murders. So, she did receive a life in prison without parole, and she served her time in Central California at a women's facility in Chowchilla, California. Um, that was really redundant what I just said, but yes. <laughs> it was Central California <laughs> in California. In Chinchilla, uh,
0: California.
1: Chowchilla. She made maintained- a kid, I called it chinchilla. <laughs> Chinchilla. Chinchilla, California. Chinchilla. Chinchilla. Such a weird, interesting name. Uh, she maintained her innocence for the rest of her life, trying to say that everyone died of natural causes and she had nothing to do with it. But as we know, you cannot believe a single word this lady says. Yeah.
0: She also had 19 brothers and sisters. Or yeah, 19
1: brothers and sisters. And she Grew was born and raised in Mexico. Mason, Mexico. As a holistic like, doctor. Poor, and <laughs> yeah. God. She was 77 when she's really, like, 52. And a movie star with Rita Hayward. <laughs> yeah, and a movie star. No.
0: Yeah. Oh, while well, she was in prison, she did a lot of writing and pen-paling it up with people. And one of her pen pals was publisher Shane Bugbee. She wrote about enjoying to cook, so uh, yeah, putting people's pills in their, in their cooking.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's so, great. They make yeah. the best
0: mashed potatoes. Yeah, so... Oh, if you could get through your entire serving without passing out, you'll see why. Uh, <laughs> so Shane brewed up the idea to write a cookbook with her. It's called Cooking with a Serial Killer at 9 on it. Amazon. <laughs> maybe I was thinking maybe it could be our next giveaway item. I just can't. <laughs> <We'll> no, <see? laughs> like I can't. Gosh. I, can't. I
1: literally like I when I found this out, I was like, I need to see if this is still for sale. Yeah, and yep, and I saw I it on Amazon, too. and I was like, I cannot believe. I this looked is on too because I could
0: not believe it. I was just like, is this a joke. <laughs> no, it's there. Oh gosh. Um, so, I, yeah, I just I want it so I can see what it looks like, but I don't want it because I don't want to buy it <laughs> and support <laughs> that. It's, it's ridiculous. Oh, she died in 2011 from natural causes, and. The house is often in documentaries, um, ghost and murder tours. It's in a 2015 Zach Bagans who does an episode visiting it in Ghost Adventures. Many bodies were buried in this yard. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what he would say. It is the most
1: haunted place in Sacramento. I went in there into the depths of the
0: graves. (laughs) Is the killer landlady still here? reaching out are you here what was that what was that <laughs> yeah.
1: oh just a cow it was, just a, it was just a gopher <laughs> just a <girlfriend. laughs>
0: also in 2019 the house was also um featured on a reality home show called murder house flip which is like hgd HGTV meets true crime and mur- houses were murdered i'm here for place it <laughs> are revamped and then sold and during remodeling crews used sonar to see if there were more body parts in the yard. Um, so crazy. <laughs> it's on Amazon Prime. You guys gotta try these peaches. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, The peach tree still They make there. me feel sleepy after. <laughs> yeah,
1: sleep we should have made a peach tree. Uh, I mean, a peach uh, tea drink.
0: <laughs> oh, we could have. Yeah, but you know, she was slipping stuff in creme de menthe all the time. Yeah, so, so. creme de
1: menthe was, I think, a drink. Her drink of choice for a yeah. lot of these victims,
0: actually. It was. She would give them when she would lure them up to her apartment to like poison them there it would be creme de menthe um she would put you know crushed up in food she would bake cakes and put it in the cakes like t- however she could kill them <laughs> she found a way mash them mash them stick them in a stew <laughs> exactly <laughs> so that's Dorothea Puente, the sacramento's killer landlady grandma um yep it's crazy.
1: Yep. There's actually like so much more that I wanted to say about Dorothea yeah. like so many more details, but we've been doing so many of these like multi-series episodes that we're like, we should probably do a couple episodes that are just like a, a short one. Yeah. And it's so hard. It's so hard. Like even now as we're wrapping it up, I'm like, oh man, we forgot about this. forgot about that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if that's something you could give us some feedback because we don't really know what you guys want more of. Like, do you like the single episodes more, or do you like the, you know, one or two, the two the three-parter episodes? Like, yeah. Give we'll us do them feedback. for you
0: if that's what you want.
1: Because <laughs> we could give you some nitty gritty details yeah. on things and, you know, give you all the all I, the gore and everything. But...
0: Definitely had to, like, rein myself in on this one, because I found so many details and mm-hmm. wanted to write it all out, but then I was just like, no, this is going to turn into two episodes, and Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's so hard to do that. So I, I don't know. I was like
1: going over like our analytics, just you know, to try and gauge, like, see how we're doing. And I was like, okay, every time we do like a two or three parter, the first episode gets like the most listens. So I was like, yeah. that tells me that you guys aren't really like totally down for the two three parters. But it's hard to know. Yeah. Especially when you give us a one star and you don't tell us why. <laughs>
0: yeah. they're like it was in three parts. Not a fan. One star. <laughs> Okay. Too much Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there probably was too much Jeffrey Dahmer. Let's be real. Yeah,
0: there was oh, definitely whatever. too
1: much Peter Sutcliffe. I like hated
0: that one. Dude, there was too much Peter Sutcliffe like ten minutes into the first episode <laughs> for me. That I was just on. was not interested. too much. Too much. But that's Yuck. the way so Our go.
1: Sources for Dear Dorothea Puente are buried beneath the boarding house, a book by Ryan Green. The Sacramento Bee, which is a Sacramento newspaper, CrimeMuseum.org, and LA Times. I kind of summed it up there for you. Yep. So, yeah. Let us know if you guys uh, prefer the one single shot kind of episodes or if you guys like the multi-part ones. Our next one we're going to do is actually from a one of our patrons. We'll mm-hmm. keep that a surprise for now, but one of our patrons suggested our next episode, so we'll be doing that one. Give the people Um, what they want. Give the people what they want. Because he actually gave us feedback. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm not bitter. I'm I'm gonna
0: let it go. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And um until I'm not fine. Well not next week. So next week is gonna be one of our single shot episodes. So the week after will be the the patron requested. Patron
1: pick? (laughs) The patron pick of the week. (laughs) Patron pick of the week. Yeah. Anyways, you guys enjoy the creme de menthe drink yes. and the and safety of your own home with your own drinking partners. Yeah, maybe make the drinks don't yourself. Don't
0: take mashed potatoes from grandma's. You'll be fine. <laughs> so grandma's don't your give grandma. your kids mashed potatoes. Granny's gonna get you. No.
1: <laughs> Y'all have a good night. How you here? <laughs> Bye!